And in this corner, weighing in at a set of blueberries, the standard low-fat Republican, grand old Republican, who refuses to fight the Democrats the way they fight us, Governor Goofball. And in this corner, weighing in at a set of Vidalia onions, the teller of truth, the slayer of Democrats. Folks, people want a champion. A man and his microphone. The really real deal with Brother Craig, the hatchet man. man brother craig taking it to the streets today folks welcome to the program and if you're new to this program folks you're listening to the hottest talk radio program in america the really real deal with your friendly friendly and i do did i say friendly (laughs) your friendly neighborhood hatchet man brother craig don't be afraid of that word uh hatchet man (laughs) You know, I can remember, folks, uh, one time, I think I was doing an interview when the uh, Virginia Museum of Fine Arts had their uh, grand reopening. And uh, I went there uh, for my interview with the uh, director, and an assistant came out, and I told her who I was, and uh, I, and then I, I overheard her. Oh, there's there's someone called the Hatchet Man, and she uh, is is here, and she said it with such trepidation, as though she thought I had a physical hatchet, and uh, <laughs> I found that kind of funny. And so ever since then, I decided, okay. I need to be known as the friendly, and I and I mean that your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, and uh, and folks for the life of me, I don't get it why uh, you know folks that are in the battle of our lives, and we are folks. You you many of you for those who who are longtime listeners now, you guys know this, but I you know so I have to kind of be on both sides of this uh, to bring our new listeners up to speed. And it's just a simple fact that every four generations, folks, uh, this nation gets to the place where we are, uh, where there are two sides that believe in the two theories of government. Uh, we, we fight each other, okay? And so this is nothing new, nothing new at all, okay? And so, you know, God's holy word, the Bible, says there is no new thing under the sun. And certainly uh, this, there's no way you can think that this is new. And he, let's just look at it, folks. Revolutionary War. You have Americans fighting Americans. And now, we tend to think you had Americans fighting the English. Now, we did. We just had to fight uh, two groups. We had to, the, the patriots had to fight the loyalists because one-third wanted to 
separate from England. One third wanted to stay with England, and one third had their pants hanging down and a hat on backwards. Okay, and they were, uh, you know, maybe they were watching worldwide wrestling, or did they have worldwide wrestling back then? I don't know, but <laughs> one thing is for sure: these were the folks that uh, would put a wet finger in the air and see which way the wind blew. They were non-committal, and we all know folks like that today. Now. Four generations later, Americans fought Americans again. The Civil War, okay? Four generations later, World War II. And right now, we are four generations from World War II. And so why all this gnashing of teeth over the way uh, President Trump is being treated? Trump's doing a good job. Okay, Uh, you know, all this this silliness with John McCain. My goodness. Now, this man, uh, this this man is on it. He's my understanding is that he is near the time when he's going to meet his maker. Okay, and so Senator John McCain, rather than set an example for his children and his grandchildren and the many people that admire his service in Vietnam, and I am one, I do admire his service, okay? I think, you know, now once he came home, that's another thing. But you have to admire, uh, I, I don't care that he got shot down or captured, whatever, okay? But you have to admire that. Now, that said, does that mean that you have to admire everything a man does? I had a a, a Facebook friend uh, put a post, there was someone that put a post showing John Kerry and uh, and Bob Mueller in the same high school class at some elite uh, high school up in uh, New England. And the, um, and you know, and they've put something under the bottom of it to the effect of birds of a feather flocking together. And, 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 and so, and then a torrent of hate came at this guy. Oh, you know, if you didn't serve, shut your pie hole. This is how they posted it. Shut your pie hole if you didn't serve. And so I posted that, okay, I didn't serve, all right? So does that mean I have to shut my pie hole? I cannot critique any military member? Is is that what this is all about? Does, does serving in the military mean you get the right to be for the rest of your life in an exclusive club and it's hands off? We can't critique you. Okay, or did military members take an oath to the Constitution? Okay, not an oath to the military club, but an oath to the Constitution, which last time I checked, a part of that Constitution is the First Amendment, which I'm founder and president of the First Amendment, Inc. And so that means these people fought to protect my right and that gentleman's right to critique and Donald Trump's right to critique Senator McCain to critique Bob Mueller, to critique John Kerry, to critique anyone, whether you served or you didn't serve. And, I, you know, I could not help that I had uh, a football injury, knee surgery. I, my, my big dream as a kid was to be a Marine, to join the Marine Corps. You know, a bunch of football players, we thought we were the baddest things to ever to walk God's green earth. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and some of us were. Not that I was, but at that time, I thought I was, okay? <laughs> anyway, uh, knee surgery nixed that whole idea. So now, because I had a, a, a football accident and, and couldn't get in the military, I have to give up my right to critique Military people? I mean, come on. 
millions and millions of people have served. And so, uh, you know, the word prejudice has a root to prejudge. And so we, we don't like to prejudge people in the negative, but now we're supposed to prejudge them in the positive. We're supposed to say because John Kerry served in Vietnam or in any military encounter that he's off limits and everything he does is good, pure, and righteous. The man was wicked. The man was a liar. I saw a doctor being interviewed where John Kerry had uh, shrapnel removed from his forearm. The doctor put a Band-Aid on it, and John Kerry asked the man to fill out uh, paperwork for a Purple Heart. And the doctor cursed at him and kicked him out of his office. Now, I saw the doctor being interviewed on 60 Minutes to this effect. And John Kerry went behind the doctor's back and manipulated paperwork, and he got that Purple Heart. And he got a couple more over new, little stuff like that. One was uh, uh, a bag of rice got blown up and a piece of rice lodged itself in his rear end. You know? And so that's his second Purple Heart. I mean, so this is a guy with all these Purple Hearts. You would think he was Chesty Puller or somebody. And then he, he, you know, so he paints himself a war hero, comes home, and now he's a war protester. So he's got both bases covered because his goal is to become president one day, not to defend the Constitution, not to serve, but to serve himself. And you know, there's a similar story with, with Mueller, not anything in Vietnam, but with Mueller, you know, folks want to say, oh, well, Bob Mueller, he's a beyond reproach. He's a Marine. Well, big whoop. There are people that this Marine put in prison. Do they, do they teach that in the Marine Corps? Or maybe some other Marine wants to call up here and say, well, you know, hatchet man, and you can do it either way. You can say, well, hey, Bob Mueller, if once a Marine, always Marine, he can do no wrong. Or you could say, well, hey, we judge every tub as it stands on its own bottom. There's no blanket uh, indictment and there's no blanket praise, but all are individuals. Okay, because that's my understanding of the way this works. All right. And so there are innocent people. Two of the, the man put four innocent men in jail. Two of them died in jail. That's Bob Mueller, the smear, the smear merchant. And now Senator McCain. What does the Lord's Prayer say? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, folks, that sounds to me like, and this, these, now the Lord's Prayer for those of you who may not know, which I, I learned on the football field, by the way, okay? <laughs> when I first started playing football, we always said the Lord's Prayer, and uh, dumb old me, I was mumbling over it. Had been going to church my whole life up to that point, and uh, did not know the wor actual words to the Lord's Prayer. And so I was determined I was going to learn this prayer so the next time we said our prayer before the game and after the game, I was going to be able to join in and not mumble it, okay? And, um, and, and so, and, you know, and these are the things you used to be able to learn in America as a young man. You know, you had men teaching young men how to be men, how to be godly men, how to be fearless men. You don't, you know, now they want to teach you how to put a ring in your nose and dye your hair purple and go get a smart car, a little tiny house, and a boyfriend. Give me a break. Give me a break. And it's going to take real men, godly men, to take some of this holy ground back, starting with our children. But I digress. Now, back on um, 
John McCain and the Lord's Prayer. This portion of it, forgive us our, and see, we all have trespassed. Oh, John McCain has, I have, Trump has, Republicans have, Democrats have. But see, these Democrats and in the media and these never-Trumpers, all they want to talk about is Donald Trump has trespassed. And so it's supposed to be okay for John McCain to attack Donald Trump. Now, he gives no, they don't give a reason why it's okay to attack Sarah Palin. I was just in Washington with Sarah Palin a couple of days ago, okay? Um, But, and and then later in the program, we're going to talk about something that Sarah Palin was famous for, and it's coming to pass. It always has been, but it's just obvious now with the uh, funeral for uh, little Alfie Evans coming up Monday. And when Sarah Palin said that uh, the health care uh, law was going to result in death panels. You know, the, the Democrats, they howled, okay? It's like you throw a brick across a fence and the dog screams. You know you hit him, okay? You know you hit him. But um, but anyway, we gotta, we're gotta we gonna, we're up against, well, I'm a little bit long in my opening, folks. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, well, let me let you know, first of all, some of the things you might want to hang around, folks. We have a jam-packed program, okay? We're going to do a little bit more about John McCain, okay? We're going to talk about Trump uh, and Trump on Israel, Trump on Iran versus Obama on Israel and Obama on Iran, as the uh, the uh, Monday, not only is Monday the funeral for little Alfie Evans that the social medicine in England murdered, uh, Monday is also the day that our new embassy moves to Jerusalem and it, it becomes open, okay? And so we're celebrating the 70th anniversary of a 3,000-year-old nation. Isn't that great, folks? And uh, also... We're going to talk a little later in the program, the Senate race that's going on in Virginia. No one other than your friendly neighborhood hatchet man has mentioned this, but I see I talk about intergenerational dynamics all the time. And we have, and I think I've mentioned this on the program before, but we have three men running who represent three generations. Uh, Bishop E.W. Jackson is a baby boomer. Corey Stewart is my generation, Generation X. And Nick Freitas is a millennial. And so this is this is great. You're seeing the dynamics play out. And so we're going to take a quick break. I want you to listen to this break because this ad we're going to play, uh, this is how we raise money to pay for your friendly neighborhood hatchet man to stand behind this microphone and deliver truth that no one else will say, okay? So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk to my good friend Edison from Chesterfield, who's been so kind to wait on the line here for, I think Edison's been waiting 50 minutes while the hatchet man rambles on. But anyway, we're going to be right back, folks. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. This is a man's world. This is a man's world. But it wouldn't be nothing. Nothing without Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, 
then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, the FirstAmendmentInc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Listen as your day unfolds, challenge what the future holds. Your head up to the sky. Lovers, they may cause you tears. Go ahead, release your fears. Stand up and be counted. Don't be ashamed to cry. You gotta be, you gotta be bad. You gotta be bold. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live as we listen to a little bit of Dez Ray. Let it play, let it play. That's okay. We, we'll let it play next time. She was getting to the good part. She just said you got to be bad. Now she was getting ready to say you got to be cool, okay? So <laughs> you can't just be bad like Brother Craig the Hatchet Band. You got to be a little bit cool, too. And um, I hope you all were listening to that giving ad, and we want you all out there to know that, um, you know, just like in that ad, we say it's not just your friendly neighborhood hatchet man. I'm not the only watchman on the wall out here. We want to encourage people to be givers, okay, and to be consistent and systematic givers, okay? And uh, and my Christian friends out there know exactly uh, what I'm talking about, particularly those of us who are tithers. We take the first top 10% before we pay the mortgage, before we buy gas in the car before we go to the grocery store, we receive our pay, we take that top tenth, we say a prayer, a blessing over it, and we consecrate that portion to doing God's work. And, you know, and there's so many, as I say in that ad, there I'm not the only one, there's so many groups and people that are worthy to receive that money that you all would set aside and now, if a little bit of it comes our way to the First Amendment, Inc., that I'll be happy with that. But you make sure that your church gets a portion. You make sure that, um, you know, groups like the Salvation Army, who do so much, and they do it with, um, I think they have like a 9% overhead rate, okay? So 91% of the money you donate to the Salvation Army actually goes to benefit the poor. Unlike the federal government, which... They confiscate your money and give it to the poor, but only 40% of it reaches the poor. 60% of that money goes to feed the beast, okay? So, uh, but anyway, uh, that, enough said on that. I want to say welcome to Edison. Edison, what's on your mind, brother? How you doing there? Uh, Better than I deserve, man. brother, but I'll take that every day. No, sir, you're a brother. You're, you're a man. You have integrity. You know, 
I was thinking about you the other day when I was reading something. Uh, I could share real quick with you. It was A.W. Tozier. It's a book of A.W. Tozier. It's called The Pursuit of God. And uh, first of all, foremost, sir, thank you for what you do. Thank you for being behind that microphone and being a man of integrity with truth. I appreciate uh, I that. Couple, I want to say a couple things. I, I, I hope United I can States be Marine. worthy of all this high praise, Edison. What was well, the name of that book again? I'm writing it down. Well, here, let me give you this first. Okay. Thank you for thank you for your service. Uh, United States Marine Corps, 0300 Infantry. That's what I was. That's uh-huh. what I am. Once uh-huh. a Marine, always a Marine. And, and we appreciate you much, sir. That book is called A.W. Tozer. Tozer, T-O-Z-E-R, and it's called The Pursuit of God. And it was one of the most beautiful things I've read. I heard it on a, on a radio show uh, uh, here on your station. Uh, somebody was talking about it one day, and I, just, I went out and bought it. And I come find out this gentleman was born in the late 18th century. He was just wonderful. He wrote a lot of wonderful books. There's a lot of ministers that just says, well, we know all about that. There's a lot of people who don't. Mm-hmm. But he says, oh, God, my father, I pr- repent of my sinful preoccupation with visible things. The world has been too much with me. Mm-hmm. But thou has, thou has been here, and I knew it not. I have been blind to thy presence. Open my eyes that I may behold thee in and around me for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. I would submit a lot of that. things. You, uh, and I will say this, Brother Hatchet, I'm, uh, I, I, I appreciate you much. I listen to you all the time. You are. I man, appreciate that. Now, let me ask no, you sir. this, Addison, as a Marine, you know, what did you, what do you make of, uh, this idea that people say, well, because a person served, they're beyond. That's the same argument people with brown skin made. They say, well, you can't criticize Obama because his skin is brown. You can't criticize Hillary because she's a female. Okay, and so now you can't criticize John McCain because he served in the military. I mean, I thought every tub had to stand on its own bottom and we're all going to meet our maker individually, not like Barack Obama has said, group salvation. You know, Obama was, was dead wrong, you know, for the upteenth yes, time. There's an individual relationship with God. Am I correct? Yes, sir, it is. And, and you're right. And I want to say this, sir. Uh, now I'm going to have some of my fellow Marines mad at me. That's okay. I'm well, gonna speak the I truth. I, well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna Marines are supposed to be men. They can handle it. The, you can handle the truth. I won't say you can't handle. You can <laughs> handle the truth. Yes, <laughs> speak it, brother. Well... <laughs> And I'm, I'm an old man. I'm an older man now. I'm in my, I'm, 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 but I'm going to tell you, I was, when I was 18 years old, uh, I stood up uh, against a, a, a gunny sergeant uh, that was, uh, he was a Marine. He was a very sick Marine. He did, uh, he did three tours in Vietnam, and he was going for his fourth. And he did some incredibly unorthodox, filthy, horrible things to uh, a lot of privates. He was going through basic training, and I stood up back then and 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 took it to the general i took it and i i I pressed charges against him and there were some people that put me down for it at that point at that time but after all was brought to light oh i was okay then so every marine out there is good marines but there's also bad everywhere. Some of these well, people had problems before they went in there. Some of them had problems when they got out. Just because you're something or another, just because you're let, a Marine, we got, a, we got one minute left. I need to ask you this, though, because there, there, there was a time, and it seems like the modern military, they've kind of flushed this out, but it was a time when they uh, intentionally tried to break you down 
in order to prepare you for what the enemy might do. So do you think this this gunnery sergeant was doing these bad things with good intentions? Uh, and, you know, now, look, well, we're, think, we're, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, this is so important. Would you please hold over and we can finish this on the other I side got, of the I break? Got, I, I got all the time we're a few. Uh, uh, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, don't go anywhere. We're gonna, uh, now, folks, this is fascinating. We're going to be right back. You can run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig. Man's World Radio. And we have a man's man on the line with us, Edison, who's... Who's uh, who's stayed over from the uh, other side of the break? And uh, Edison is a former Marine, and uh, you know, no such thing as an ex-Marine. <laughs> you know, a, a former Marine, once a Marine, always a Marine, right, Edison? Yes, sir. And and um, uh, I want to say this now: uh, a Marine is a, is a Marine all the time. It's it's something you never leave. Uh, the boy, the bottom line is just I, I got to thinking about something. You know. Uh, I understand that they, you know, that it, it, there's things that go on there, and I understand what you what you were saying. Yeah, I was like, wondering was he was it. he trying but, to build men up, or did he just have a? If he, was there a lack of caring about making the men better, stronger, tougher, and was it just uh, you know he had personal demons and he was taking it out on folks? Or can you well, tell I, the difference? Yeah, I can. I, I was there. I know what I saw. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't come in and wake men up in the middle of the night and march them out into the swamps all over Paris Island, and, and then some of them die. Now, that's oh. that's a fact, and that's a record. Excuse me. There's a fact. That's a fact, and that's a record. It was done. The sergeant had come in drunk and did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's a matter of record out there, if anybody oh, wants okay. to challenge that. And, and uh, this is not the man that did that. But this man would, uh, I understand, you You know, you want to do things to toughen up men, and you want to, you know, prepare them for, for the event that they may be, you know, and uh, in more times uh, captured uh, as a POW. But the bottom line is just, you don't, you don't take men to throw them in showers and, and, and with bleach and, 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 and uh, unbelievable stuff, uh, cleaning material that, that, that uh, can destroy your lungs and, Ooh, and, and wow. sit there and laugh and rant and rave about it and, and 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 act like a maniac. I submit to you, anybody that, that that has gone and done four tours in Vietnam and they want to go back for the fifth, something's wrong. Mm. Or you go three times, excuse me, three times to go back for the fourth mm-hmm. is wrong to me. Now maybe they enjoy that. I don't. But yeah. here's where I'm at. I I, uh, I love America. I love this country. Uh, King uh, does not have. Uh, he does not have a right to think that he that anything he says or anything he does just because a person was marine doesn't make them a good person. Mm-hmm. You can look at over the history many times, and I, I appreciate my brothers. Uh, mm-hmm. But what about this notion that many have that they're beyond criticism? And it seems to me, uh, Edison, that once you say, "Oh, you can't criticize uh, Bob Mueller because you know he's a he has a stellar military record," or you can't criticize John McCain, uh, you know, or or uh, or John Kerry, okay, and. 
you know, in each each of these three cases, you know, we honor the service, but we're saying, okay, these now, all three of these men are in their 70s. I think McCain is in his 80s. And, you know, we're not talking about, we're not disparaging their, their military service. We're disparaging their service as civilians, which is horrendous. Well, just because you served in, in, in the military and, and because you, you received an honorable discharge, and you know, the only thing you need to get a purple heart, you can get a scratch and get one of those. That, that's the best. That, well, that's you know, I have, a friend, I have a friend that got shot, and he told me that and he got shot in Vietnam, but he told me that the, it was a clean shot. It went in. It was a flesh wound. It went in one side. Uh, I think is I think it was his shoulder. It didn't didn't hit a bone. Didn't hit a an, an artery or anything. Uh, didn't hit cartilage. It was like clean and in and out. And that when they asked him if he wanted to fill out his Purple Heart paperwork, he told them he said, "Oh no, that's for a guy that lost an arm or an eye or a leg." And and the, and so then you see uh, John Kerry, you know, a piece of rice is lodged in his butt, a piece of shrapnel is in his forearm, and the doctor that he made the re- Purple Heart request to, I saw the doctor being interviewed. This was back in '04, and and no, the, the media didn't really pick up on it. I think they wished that that doctor hadn't said it, but the doctor that treated him. He said that he told John Kerry to get the hell out of his office. <laughs> he he literally took a Band-Aid and put over this. He removed the piece of shrapnel with a pair of tweezers the way you would. And in his words, it was like a, um, you know, like a, a prick off of a rose or something. Yes. You know, a splinter. And, uh, yes. and, and John McCain went behind the doctor's back and got that Purple Heart and then utilized that for his political career, where he was playing both sides of the fence. On the one hand, he's a war hero. On the other hand, he's a war protester. And so he's, you know, he's denouncing, you know, both sides, trying to become president. Well, you know, uh, I I I mean, do, do soldiers, do soldiers see their fellow soldiers do that and then quietly among themselves? What do soldiers say about this? Well, we, the way I went, here's where I'm at with this. I've listened to this man for a lot of years. I don't want to start unloading on the phone this morning. It's just too early for this. I only had a <laughs> But this is what I do. I'm the hatchet man. I know you do, and I admire you, but what I'm going to say is this. This man has no right to sit up there and make those kind of proclamations and claims and this kind of things and look down on people. Let me tell you something. Just because you walked in that uniform and you served, I don't care what it is, what branch you serve. The United States Marine Corps, for me, is always yeah. the best, going to be the best. But the bottom line is this, it doesn't give you the right to sit down and look down your nose and think everything you do for the rest of your life is socially acceptable and that you have some kind of an infinite yeah. wisdom above everybody in the world. And and to say of the president, when he had no criticism, uh, speaking of McCain now, McCain had no criticism of Obama for for eight years when Obama did all that he could do to dismantle the founding principles of this nation as a place where our rights come from God. And he wants the opposite of that rights that come from men like him. Okay. No, and the same thing with George Bush. No criticism of Obama, but all of a sudden there's all this criticism of of President Trump, even to the point of saying he does not want Trump at his funeral. 
I mean, shouldn't you be, you know, when you're preparing to meet your maker, you know, like I was saying about the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And no one, I'm not saying Donald Trump did not trespass against John McCain. You and I both know Donald Trump did do that, right? Yes, sir. And, and I'll, I'll but, say this, uh, Brother Hatcher. Listen, uh, that sergeant, he knew what he did before. He, you know, he knew what he did. He got caught. He got charged with it. But let me tell you what. Everybody, even the rotten, is no good so-and-so in the world. Hardest thing, one of the hardest things I ever did was to pray for that man. I prayed for that man. Well, God uh, every, bless. All, everybody, everybody needs forgiveness and redemption. Look, well, Edison, McCain, 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 you know, this world here, people think that it's just going forever, and that they can just walk around and you know thump the nose. But one day we all going to have to pay. Now, no, McCain is wrong. He's dead wrong. Yeah, and he can learn from they've been you. After, they've been after. They've been after this president. They've been after this man. He, they don't like him. Look here, you go to get somebody for collusion yeah. over a year, Edison, and you can't come up with nothing. Edison, you up this time. Well, look, John, you're right. John McCain could learn from you, and you, no, you're I mean, a member. God, his example. You, Let me say this real quick. I'm waiting this real quick. We'll take it a minute. You remember that poem I told you back, uh, uh, back uh, about a year and a half ago? It was called A Measure of a Man. It was uh, called Not How Did He Die, But How Did He Live. Not What mm -hmm. He Gave, But What Did He Give. These are the units to measure a man as a man, regardless of birth. Now, what was his station? But had he a heart? How did he play his God-given part? And was he ever ready with a word of good cheer to bring back a smile or banish a tear? Not what was his... Uh, Church, or what was his creed, but had to be funny that was really in need. And not what the sketch in the newspaper say, and how many what he was sorry when, when he passed away. And I was mm -hmm. you that we're all that. We're all God's children. He, he needs to be forgiven. The, uh, well, I need to be forgiven. We well, all do. Well, God bless you. I wish John McCain. I wish John McCain would recognize that because for you to uh, pray for and forgive that that cruel sergeant. That, my friend, is the spirit of the Lord's Prayer. God bless you, Edison. Thank God you for speak, sharing. Sir. God speak, okay. Thank you. All right. Well, listen, folks, we're going to take a, a, a quick break here, and then we have Mary on the line. Uh, we'll, we'll speak with Mary on the other side of the break, and the number, if you would like to be next, is 804-454-1366. 804-454-1366. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. Listen as your day unfolds. Challenge what the future holds. Try and keep your head up to the sky. Lovers, they may cause you tears. Go ahead, release your fears. Stand up and be counted. Don't be ashamed to cry. You gotta be, you gotta be bad. You gotta be. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. 
So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. to the program America. What a beautiful, beautiful version of Amazing Grace. I don't know who that is you found there, Mark, but uh, that one, uh, you need to save that one, buddy, okay? And uh, maybe we'll send it to John McCain because I'm telling you, um, you know, like I say, when folks ask me uh, how I'm doing and, uh, you know, my answer, which I, I learned this from listening to Dave Ramsey, I'm better than I deserve, you know, and that's because I will take God's grace over what I have earned every single day of the week, 24-7, 365. And, um, you, know, I, and, and, and you know, we need to just lift Senator McCain up in prayer for a man to be at the end of his life and to be obsessing over taking shot pots at a sitting president and the woman who was his running mate, Sarah Paling, it is just, it's unconscionable, okay? And the only thing I can say is that such a man to be so close to meeting his maker, uh, you know, he, he, that, that is a man that uh, has his priorities really, really uh, screwed up, a very, very bitter man. Uh, but anyway, we're going to say uh, welcome uh, to Mary from Richmond. And Mary, you've been on hold for quite a while. Thank you for uh, your listenership. Thank you for calling. Uh, what's on your mind today? What's on my mind is John McCain. I had three brothers in the military, same time he was in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. They despised the man. They did not know him, but they despised his actions. They had nothing good to say about him. And John Kerry, the Swiffers, they considered him a uh, traitor. Yeah, there were 2,000 Swift Boat veterans that signed on to um, the book that was written, Swift Boat Veterans for Truth. And I think John Kerry had eight, eight, okay, eight Swift Boat veterans came to John Kerry's defense and 2000 swift boat uh, john o'neill that was the author and uh my my good friend uh dr um uh, (laughs) john Kerry did not get an honorable discharge from the military that was changed by jimmy carter after he became after he became president john Mm -hmm. Kerry wanted to run for president and so Jimmy Carter changed it to an honorable discharge. Wow. Now, that I did not know, okay? And uh, 
So I got that from my brother. My brother is a minister of a non-denominational church. I believe my brother over anybody else. Oh, well, I'm going to research it because, you know, when you when you throw something out there that the hatchet man hasn't heard, I have to find, you know, um, I appreciate it, okay? And uh, another thing, when John Kerry went over to North uh, North Korea, I believe at that time he was still serving in the military as a what is it uh, when you get out of the military, but just in the reserves? So if he was in the reserves wearing a U.S. military uh, uniform, that's treason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a lot that you know, and they made a big a deal of, over General right. Flynn, who did not violate the Logan Act. Uh, but it's being said that John Kerry actually did violate the Logan Act, okay? And so this is how Democrats play the game. The things that they accuse us of doing are the very things that they are themselves guilty of, but being that they go on offense so aggressively with all their fakery, the people that are on our side, Mary, you know, they're, all, they're so busy playing defense, they don't know how to go on offense. I don't see why, you know, John Kerry's not being prosecuted. Well... You know how it goes. Yeah, and this is why these people don't stop doing the things they do. This is why the Clintons would have the nerve to sell uh, 20% of America's uranium capacity for Russia in exchange for $145 million because they know Republicans are so weak that the Republicans are not going to charge them with anything. They, they know they can get away with it. Yeah, the Republicans, they, they're gutless. Yeah, low-fat Republicans. They now, are which name, which, gutless. Now, Mary, which name for these uh, middle-of-the-road Republicans do you prefer? Uh, low-fat Republicans or tofu and celery Republicans? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is an unofficial I poll. It. I love it when you come up with these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how about the oh. blueberry tart Republicans? Because you know, Mary, they're not toting a set of onions. And if they if they say they're toting onions, you better believe they're baby yeah. pearls. But if you really talk to the, to the, the blood and gut veteran that went through Vietnam, you will hear a lot of stories about Yeah, yeah. Mary. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, Mary. God bless you. And thank you. And you have a wonderful weekend. Okay. Thank you. And Mary, uh, if you're a mother, have a very, very blessed Mother's Day. Thank you so much. Okay. God bless you. All right. And we're going to welcome Joseph from Mechanicsville to the program. Joseph, what's on your mind, brother? How you doing, Hatchet Man? I'm fantastic. What's going on? I want you to elaborate a little bit on uh, Terry McAuliffe, because I missed <laughs> some of the things that uh, supposedly he did against Virginia. Well, look, Terry McAuliffe, number one, the number one thing is that the low-fat Republicans, these these tofu and celery-eating Republicans, they shot uh, Ken Cuccinelli down. There's no reason we should not have had a, a Governor Cuccinelli. And I partly blame Cuccinelli for that because... He, you know, he knew that the the way uh, the Bill Bowling and the boys uh, got upset when Ken legitimately won the nomination, that they had it in for him. But in, in, and he still allowed these people to populate his campaign. And I was trying to advise Ken, you know, 
I was I was personally lobbying Ken and everyone uh, on his campaign, and those people they ignored. Now Ken didn't ignore me, but all of the other ones they just they just ignored everything I said, and they literally set him up for failure. Okay, because their their preference was to have a Democrat in office rather than a new breed of Republican which is my generation, Generation X. These baby boomers and silent generation types, they want to hold on to power, even if that means torpedoing a very legitimate candidate, okay? And the things that Terry McAuliffe had done, you look to see, Terry McAuliffe was Bill Clinton's uh, money man. He was the bag man for the Clinton re-election effort, uh, national finance chair. So do you recall all that dirty Chinese money that uh, Bill Clinton's uh, campaign was accused of uh, orchestrating? The only blame got leveled at, uh, at um, Al Gore. No blame ever went to Bill Clinton. It was just Al Gore. They said he orchestrated something uh, with uh, having some teas. Uh, with these Buddhist monks. And that's the only time any name got mentioned. Terry McAuliffe's name was never mentioned in the media. But see, I know how to do research. And the man was the national finance chair. And Terry McAuliffe's history of financial shenanigans goes way, way back, even to you know how he built his own personal uh, fortune. And people don't talk about it a lot because they're so busy saying the Republican Party is the party of the rich, but it's the Democrat Party. The, Dem the top rich um, politicians in the United States, 60% of them are Democrats. And Republicans never, ever fight Democrats like that to say, oh, no, you, we're not the party of the rich. You are the party of the rich. OK, because Republicans want to be fair. And so by being fair, by having a fair tax system, then a man that has 10 million dollars, his tax cut is going to be bigger than mine because I don't have 10 million dollars. That makes sense, Joseph. No. Why does that not make sense? If I don't. In other words, if if I have fifty thousand dollars and let's say uh, the taxes are 10 percent, people are going to pay what God asked for a tithe. Okay, so if I make fifty thousand, my tax is five thousand. Now let's say you made fifty million, your tax would be five million. My tax would be five thousand. Now that's fair. That's ten percent. That's you, you know these people. What are they more fair than God Almighty? I don't think so. So when you're fair, then they say, well, oh, the, the rich man got a bigger tax cut than me. Well, the rich man paid more in taxes. So if you're going to give everybody a 1% tax cut, well, my $5,000 in taxes, that equals five, that equals $50. But the guy that's um, paying, getting, saving 1% off of $5 million, that equals 500000 So of course his tax cut is bigger than my tax cut. It's supposed to be. This is basic math. I mean, come on, Joseph. <laughs> you you got a, you got a, uh, do you have a calculator on your cell phone, brother? No, I don't have a cell phone. <laughs> well, anyway, my point is that the, uh, the Republicans 
are always on defense. So when when the Democrats say, oh, the Republicans have done X, Y, Z, you fill in the blank, whatever they say, whether it's Russia collusion, Democrats actually colluded. Whether it's the party of the rich, Democrats are actually the party of the rich. Whether it's Republicans hate brown people at the party of racism, Democrats are the party of racism. They had the physical plantation 150 years ago, and they have a mental plantation today. And even a stupider guy as a... Kanye West, uh, a rapper who has a vocabulary of about 100 words, even he has figured out that this is a mental plantation. So if, if, if a rapper can figure it out, why can't the Republican Party figure it out? Right. And so this Terry McAuliffe, he's guilty. You know, he, he just got absolved. And now this is a judge saying it. This is not the... the uh, the, this is not the, the law of right and wrong in the universe. This is just what a judge said, okay? The fake car company, the term I call of green tech, okay, where they would have these uh, Chinese nationals who could not gain citizenship uh, and several of them on the grounds of national security risks. The EB-5 visa program states that if a uh, if a foreign national makes an investment in a, co- in a company of... Uh, $500,000 at, at a minimum that they are allowed in based on that. And so Tara McAuliffe uses this to bring dangerous people into the country just so he can get their $500,000 and Green Tech never built any cars. Now you can Google a video, Joseph, and see the workers at the Green Tech automotive plant say that all they did was sat around and played cards all day until an investor came by. Then they would pretend to put cars together. And when the investor left, they would take the car apart and wait for another sucker to come. Now, all the money that people put into the company, Terry McAuliffe and his company, Green Tech, they never, ever even attempted to build cars and to test these cars in the open marketplace, what he did was just kept all of the money as profit. Because, see, most companies, well, first of all, most companies don't even turn a profit. But those that do turn a profit, the profit tends to be in single digits or, or you know, in the teens. So if he has uh, uh, amassed $100 million and he's actually spending that money to pay employees, to buy supplies, to, to, to lease space, and to uh, engage in research and development, and then hope to make a profit. He might make 10%. He might make 5%. He might make 12%. Okay? But by not even attempting to produce a product, what Terry McAuliffe gets to do, Joseph, is to keep all that money. So he has 100% profit. I ask you, is that a fair man? Is that the type of man? I mean, and I put all this out here. I wrote articles about it. I spoke about it. And this stupid goofball Republicans, they never, ever listened, but no one ever challenged me. Are you there, Joseph? I'm still here. All right, let me let you get a word in edgewise because we're 30 seconds to the news. Go. Well, I just... I appreciate everything you do, and uh, I'm learning a little bit every week, and I'm going to keep listening. Well, God bless you, brother. I really appreciate that. Thank you for your call. Okay. All right. Well, all right, folks. Joseph got me off on a rant there. That's a good one to go into the top of the hour news break. 
Uh, we're going to get Mike when we come back. Program America, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog Radio Program, the really real deal as we listen to a little bit of the Doobie Brothers there taking it to the streets. And that's exactly what we're doing, folks. We're taking it not only to the streets, we're taking it to the phone lines. And the number here, if you would like to participate, 804-454-1366 is the number, 804-454-1366. And uh, the program has been hot today. Uh, We got Mike on the line. And before I bring Mike on, I'm going to bring folks up to date with uh, what we're talking about, okay? And uh, and in line with what we're talking about as far as military people, uh, John McCain about to meet his his maker. I don't know if his maker is who he considers to be his Lord and Savior. Now, based on his behavior, he's not acting like it. Okay, Uh, but we're going to pray for that that man. I started to say that brother, but we're going to pray for that. Well, I'll go ahead and say that. Yeah, we're going to pray for that brother, that his conduct would would become more becoming of, uh, you know, a, a, a person who's had every opportunity by by birth. He's the son of an admiral. He's the grandson of an admiral. He's born into a Christian nation, a a, a free nation. He's been given every opportunity that a person could be given, even up to and including the opportunity to run for president of the United States. And here on his deathbed, he's acting like a petulant child, uh, not like a child of God. And uh, and so we pray that the man wakes up and smells the coffee. Uh, he doesn't have that much time left. Uh, we're also talking about uh, Sarah Palin and her statement about death panels uh, as the uh, funeral of uh, little Alfie Evans, uh, who was killed by the British. Little six-month-old baby boy was killed, just like Charlie Gard, okay, who was killed last year. And the funeral is Monday. Uh, We can talk about the 70th anniversary of a 3,000-year-old country, Israel, Okay, Uh, we can talk about Trump on Israel and Iran versus Obama on Israel and Iran. And we can talk about the three generations represented in the uh, Virginia Senate race uh, with a uh, baby boomer, a Generation Xer and a millennial running against each other for the right to face off against Tim Trump. Tim Kaine, and which generation do you think has the nerve to pimp slap that joker, okay? Uh, is E.W. Jackson, the baby boomer, going to pimp slap Tim Kaine and ream him a new rear end and destroy the whole premise of the Democrat Party? Is Corey Stewart going to ream him a new rear end and attack not only Tim Kaine, but, but Democrat policies in general? And notice I said policies, not people, policies, okay? Or um, is the the young guy, Nick Freitas, who is uh, a member of Special Forces, by the way, okay? Uh, So he might be young, but he's tough. Now, is his toughness going to translate into political toughness? And will, if he's the nominee, 
will Nick Freitas be able to ream the Democrat Party a new rear end? What do you say, Mike? What do I say? Yes, sir. I say, I, did you read Cal Thomas's column in the paper this morning? No, I haven't. What? Well, uh, what I want you to well, what I'd like for you to do is read that column and let's talk about this next Saturday. It says Trump's defenders are getting worn out. I think it's important that we read this and maybe you can come on it on your show next week. Oh, I'll do that. I okay, will read. Now, there's also a letter to the editor that everybody should read called Death Panels Are Coming to the U.S. Oh, and now, uh, I know all about death panels. That's one of yes. our subjects. But now, Mike, right. on this yes. back, now, I can speak a little bit on, without reading Cal Thomas about this, I think it's silly, okay, to say that Trump's defenders are getting worn out, okay? Well, the only yeah. reason any Trump defender might be getting worn out, worn out is because of the nonstop barrage uh, and last week, I don't know if you were listening last week, Mike. I, mean, I think, matter of fact, I spoke to you last week, okay? Yeah. So now last week, I went into the book of Daniel, chapter 6, okay? And how the people, and see, in, 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 in any kingdom, there are people in the king's court, okay? Now, we don't have a king. We have a president, but we have a swamp. Okay, and this is no different from the people of, of King Louis XIV and his royal court or the people in, uh, in Daniel's day. Okay, and they did not, they wanted to get rid of Daniel. Daniel was an advisor to the king. And so, and they said, well, how are we going to get rid of him? We can, and quote, this is all, I don't have it in front of me. My, my computer's a little slow today. So I'm going to cite it to you from memory, Mike. And if there's any... Any uh, Bible scholars out there that want to contend that I'm misinterpreting this, 804-454-1366 is the number. But they say we can find no dishonesty in him and no, no inability to perform his job, okay? And so the only way we're going to get rid of Daniel is we're going to have to set a trap. We're going to have to trick the king into passing a law. If we can get the king to pass a law against his religion, we know that Daniel is going to do the right thing and violate well, that law. I hate to interrupt you, but we all know about him going in the lines, den and the Lord shutting the mouths of the well, lions. But I'm so. explaining how he got into the den. Everyone well, knows about the den, Mike, but yeah. people don't know... People don't know what precipitated the event of the, it was supposed to be an execution mm. because Daniel violated the law. But what happened was the people around the king were trying to trick the king into doing this to Daniel. So my point uh, of, of all this is that this is no, nothing new. This is, so just like they wanted to go after Daniel, they're going after Trump. Anyone that's doing the right thing the swamp creatures, they're going to go after them. And so, well, look, uh, uh, you, you got a point there, and I agree with you, but you've got to read Cal Thomas. Oh, I will. I you've will. You've got to read him. This man is good. This man knows where he speaks. Okay, I'll okay, read it. Now, now what else is to, on your mind? Death panels. Now, get back to uh, uh, McCain. I think McCain is a disgrace for what he's doing. Yes. But he was getting back at Trump for what Trump said about him in the primaries, and Trump should not have done that. Of course, Trump made a lot of enemies in the well, primaries. Well, we're in agreement with that, Mike, but yeah. did you hear me earlier cite that yes, portion listen, of the Lord's yes, Prayer? Okay, okay, I understand all that, but the thing is, <laughs> I think that's the reason. It is, this, of course. 
We're in agreement, Mike. Okay, we're in agreement. But that's the reason I believe that McCain voted, and that, and we still have Obamacare because of McCain's vote. That was his way of getting back at Trump. Right, and see now, what did Obama do to McCain? Okay, no one likes to talk about this, but see, Mike, the hatchet man, I have a long memory. Obama didn't say things about McCain personally. Obama hired another former general to say these things about McCain. Okay? And so this is, but it, it, it amounts to the same thing. So Obama gets to stand up there and pretend to be pure and act like, oh, well, that's one of your fellow soldiers saying it. But this was a soldier that's a Democrat, which it's, I want a, some soldier to call up here and explain to me. I have in my hand here, where is it? Um, it's, the, um, it's the West Point. Oh, I just had the thing. The, um, the, the Code of Ethics at West Point, it says a cadet will not lie, cheat, or steal, nor tolerate those who do. So how can you take that oath and then come out and become a Democrat? Explain that to me, Mike. Well, you explain to me how all of these, Congress, these congressmen, senators, and representatives can take the oath to protect and defend the Constitution, and then they get in office and they proceed to undermine it. Every one of them is guilty of you know what. Every yes. one of them. Yes. Now, to get back to, to, get back to uh, uh, I know it's your program. You have plenty of time. But to you talk. go ahead, run, brother. But to get back to this McCain <laughs> and getting even and getting even with Trump by voting to keep Obamacare. He screwed the American people royally. Again. Royal. Again. And, okay. and, and as far as I'm concerned, he's going to his grave a rotten man. The, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. And I, that's all I have to say, and I'm turning the show back over to you. <laughs> Thank you for giving me the opportunity to run my mouth. God and bless have you, a brother. Weekend. All right. You too now. All right, 804-454-1366 is the number if you would like to participate in today's program, 804-454-1366. And we're going to take another quick break here and uh, listen to this uh, ad here, folks, because this is how your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, gets to stand behind this microphone every week and deliver unadulterated truth to you, unimpeachable truth. Okay, and uh, as a matter of fact, I wish someone would call up here and try to impeach my truth. All I can say is you better pack a lunch, and I don't mean celery and tofu. I mean a thick burger. We will be right back. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. 
Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, the FirstAmendmentInc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Neighborhood Hatchet Man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And uh, we want to say thank you all for staying with us out there. I see we have a bunch of folks viewing on Facebook. And uh, hey, the phone number is right up there on Facebook. I would love to get a call from somewhere across the country from one of our Facebook viewers. And uh, But for right now, we have Josie on Richmond from Richmond uh, on the line. And Josie, thank you so much for joining us. What's on your mind today? Hi, Brother Craig. I am on the phone with you because I have a paper on McCain, uh, and I just will give you the last part because they all know about the fact when he came home, he he was terrible to his wife who had had a bad accident and yeah. all sorts of things like that. Traded her in for uh, uh, what he thought was a trophy wife. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. anyhow, so the thing he did, uh, and I think that you shouldn't criticize uh what I think what um, Mr. Trump said uh, was very, very mild because if he knew the truth, and I think he did, he just said he shouldn't have been captured. Well, if he had obeyed orders, he wouldn't have been captured. Yeah, because he was a orders, hot dog. The, oh, yes, he was. He was a hot dog on the far stall, and all those men were killed and so forth. Yes, yes. Um, then a lot was, of blood on his hands. And then there was the hot dogging uh, where he was told not to go down in range of the... Um, defenders in Vietnam so that he they, to avoid being shot down and well he had to see if he hit the target so he flew too close mm-hmm. and therefore he was shot down he shouldn't have been close like that where he could have was where he put himself in the position where he could be shot down yeah and, and course, put others at risk and of course yes and so i think what uh, mr Trump said uh, that he shouldn't have been captured. Well, he shouldn't have been if he had obeyed the daggum orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyhow, that and my mother was a good friend of Roberta McCain. His mother, she was the hero of that family. Oh, she okay. was fabulous. She was a. Is that his first person. wife? 
that was no his mother. Oh, his oh mother okay. Was yep. my mother's friend. Oh, okay, oh, okay. And, yeah, so that is that was the the, the real. That, yeah, and, the and he comes wife. from a line of great military men. His father was an admiral. His grandfather was an admiral. His grandfather, yes. His father, I'm not so sure, was uh, so great. But his yeah. his grandfather, great. His mother. Was the was the real saint oh, of the okay. family? Yeah, and, and I, McCain graduated last in his uh, in his oh, class. Oh yeah, there was all that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just, I mean, and here at the end of his life, he has one opportunity to uh, redeem himself because you know, right there at the cross, you had uh, two two uh, thieves. On one side, you had a thief that 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 spurned Jesus and said, Well if you're so great, why don't you save yourself and save all of us? And then on the <laughs> other side, the thief said, you know, don't forget me in your kingdom. Well I could say I you would know, feel like and both so of those men. I feel both ways. I would have said can you come down off the cross and get <laughs> save us? I would have been the same way. <laughs> well, you know, but the but but the Romans thought they thought the, the Romans and the and the Jewish leaders notice I I said Jewish leaders. I never say the Jews blanket, okay, as a blanket yeah, statement. Leaders, it was the, the leadership, San, okay? San <laughs> yes, the Jewish leadership, okay? Yeah, not yeah. not the Jews in general, because there were many Jews with Jesus. That's a very important <clears throat> distinction. But what they didn't realize that when they lifted him up on that cross, they were lifting him up to humanity. And John McCain, I don't know what his religious affiliation is, but probably Episcopal. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what mine is, so that's what I kind of think he was. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm not going to go up, there. I can find that out. We, but yeah. here's what I wanted to tell you. What it, here's something else I want to tell you. We're within weeks away from the um, the disgraceful attack by, and it was a deliberate attack, covered up by Lyndon Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deliberty. The Liberty. And yes. my brother was one of the 34 that they murdered, they killed. Oh, it was an unarmed wow. ship, so I say murdered. Now, wow. the other thing is, I... I and I, I think I've met you. Yes, you have. Yes. And I would like to tell you that I know the people that are involved with the, you know, the crew, and I can give you the whole story. Uh, and the head of the Liberty Veterans Association would be a good guest on your show in case you're interested. Uh, I'm so writing could, it down now. I could arrange all of that if you're interested. Um, and it's USS Liberty yeah. Veterans.com. Yeah, go to our website, thereallyrealdeal.com, and, and click contact. And and send send me the info. I would be interested. Well, in Well, I don't do anything with the uh, with computers. Oh, okay. But I can. Uh, well, can uh, leave don't word. hang I up. Can give... Leave word with your call screener. Yes, yes. Don't hang up and just give give Mark your your contact information. Yeah, and, and anyhow, uh, they that's coming up June eighth, so it's weeks away, and of course we have weeks away. We had all of this weeks earlier. We had uh, Bobby Kennedy being made a whole lot of and the Martin Luther King and everybody talked about these. It all happened in the late 60s. Mm. So this was June 8, 67. Yeah, those were Liberty turbulent times. Yes, they were. And covered up and nobody said a word about it last year, not in the papers, not even in Norfolk where all this ship was ta- you know, left from Norfolk, mm. big Navy town. Uh, well, I, had- I will deal with that. I promise you I will. Okay. And, and, uh, and I've been 
been aware of it for quite some time. And we're not and anti-Semitic, for God's exactly. sake. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Anyone oh. that knows me knows that I'm a big supporter of, of Israel. Israel. I know. I'm, as a matter of fact, I am more a, a supporter of Israel than, uh, than secular Jews are. Well, um, you know, there's there's some there's some other uh, history on that side on yes. the side of what they did too. So I'm I'm you know I'm um, not a, a, a pro uh, Muslim anything, but I just, but I do think that fair is fair. We need to have both sides of the story brought out. Oh, so okay. that's why I am. Um, but I don't. I do think that when any foreign power, I don't care what foreign power it is, attacks us deliberately, wounds. Almost all the rest of the ship, and uh, then it's supposed to be just hidden away and the Medal of Honor not even given properly in the White House. I mean, the whole thing is an uh, unbelievable wow. story, yeah. and uh, you ought to you ought to read it. USSLiberty.com or .org will get oh, you to okay. the all website. Right. Okay, so we'll thank you so much, Josie. <laughs> And you've met me before, yes? Yes, I, know. I remember. Yes, yes, I, I, I do. <laughs> At I David Brott's uh, 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 um, fundraiser, we yeah. talked a little bit. Yes, <laughs> yes. Isn't Dave great? We need more like Dave Brett. Yeah, I know. He's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you know that I was the first news analyst in the United States of America, Josie, that predicted that Dave Brett would defeat Eric Cantor? And, That's I, pretty and good. I, I even had to explain to Dave that he could do that. Okay, no one in the campaign even thought he stood a chance. And see, and I view everything as a math equation. And with Eric Cantor being disliked uh, as much as he was. Uh, you know, he thought that just his position and his money was going to carry him, but that's what made him vulnerable, okay? That's right. And so, you know, I just knew that it was going to happen. And, of course, later on, other um, more prominent national radio show hosts, a few, and I'm not going to name any names, but, you know, <laughs> they got on the bandwagon, and then all of a sudden the uh, local events in Dave Bratt's district, you know, rather than the hatchet man get an opportunity to participate, you know, the national folks come in and say, oh, no, we don't want that guy. And so it's just, you know, and, and the thing that, 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 that boils my blood more than anything is that Democrats, they don't act like that. They support one another, even people that don't even like each other. If you're a Democrat, you're in, okay, because they know we're the enemy. And so, I, I mean, I moderated a debate between um, Ryan McAdams and Cheyenne Fenty, who are vying for the opportunity to face off against Donald McEachin in Virginia's 4th Congressional District. Uh -huh. And I asked them both if, you know, if, if uh, they would support the other. And Cheyenne Fenty said, of course, she would support Ryan McAdams if he were the winner. But Ryan McAdams said he would not support Cheyenne Fenty if she were the winner. Oh, that's and interesting. You, and you never, ever, Democrats, I mean, Bernie Sanders supported Hillary, and, and it's obvious that Hillary cheated Bernie out of the nomination. Yep. It was not a fair fight, but they support one another. And well, so we have to, and, you know, and I see strains of this same thing potentially happening, not among the, uh, the three candidates in the Senate race, but among some of their very, very hardcore supporters and my prayer is that after it's over, that there will be healing and that there will be unity and that we would understand who the enemy is, okay? Because You're we, absolutely right yeah, on those we scores. like to fight Every each other. Yeah, we like to fight each other. 
And uh, but then when it comes to fighting the Democrats, all of a sudden it's my friend across the aisle. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, God bless you in your work, uh, Brother Craig. All right. God really bless great. you too. Thank you so much for calling, Joseph. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, oh, well, and, hang on. And happy hang on happy Mother's number. Day. Yeah. Yes. God bless you. I'll hang on, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hang on and give your info to Mark. All right, folks. We're going to take our bottom of the hour news break. You can run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. Run on for a long time. Sooner or later, got to cut you down. Feeling my way through the darkness, guided by a beating heart. I can't tell where the journey will end, but I know where to start. They tell me I'm too young to understand. They say I'm caught up in a dream. Well, life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes, so that's fine by me. So wake me up when it's all over, when I'm wiser and I'm older. All this time I was finding myself in Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's big dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And we've had a bunch of really real deal, fantastic callers today. I greatly appreciate it, folks. And uh, we are we have 30 more minutes to go in today's program. The number, 804-454-1366. I would love to hear from you. 804 454 one three six six and uh and especially you know i very rarely every now and then we get someone that uh wants to call up and defend democrats i mean uh it, it, but it's it's rare okay and um I would love to hear from you if if you're a Democrat and if you think the hatchet man is uh, being unfair. And particularly, I went directly at uh, those that have uh, raised their hand to take an oath. Okay, and I, I don't I don't care what you know. Many many places, whether it's um, a service academy, many colleges, uh, they have honor codes. Uh, they would go something like you know, a cadet does not lie cheat or steal, nor tolerate those who do, okay? Nor tolerate those who do, okay? And then there are many, many other oaths where people, you know, I do solemnly promise or swear to uphold the Constitution of the United States and to defend it from all enemies, both foreign and domestic, okay? Now, we know what a foreign enemy is, but what's a domestic enemy, Okay, and so now you have two theories of government. You have one theory of government, which I'm a proponent of. If you go to my website, thereallyrealdeal.com, thereallyrealdeal.com, and by the way, the number here is 804-454-1366. That's something here I challenge folks to call, and then I don't give the number out. 804-454-1366. 
six. Okay, and uh, you can be pro or con. We just ask you to uh, to be respectful. And uh, if you want to go on a rant, you have to do your rant in thirty second bursts because you have to let me answer. Then you can rant some more. Okay, conversation back and forth. Okay, don't uh, don't machine gun me with six questions all at once. I get that sometimes, but anyway, this um, this idea of uh, of oaths and you know, what is it that we are protecting? All right, what are these two theories of government? Okay, people think, oh, there's capitalism, there's communism, there's socialism, there's fascism, and there are all these different isms that they're somehow, they're different. No, you don't have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten theories of government. You have two theories of government, and only two, okay? And to the extent that people will articulate more than two, then what they're really articulating is like the Bloods and the Crips, okay? Because really what you have is you have gangs and you have police, okay? You have law and order, and then you have lawlessness. You just you have this, just those two, okay? And all these different great gangs, they're all vying to be the big dog of criminality, okay? The Bloods and the Crips, that's not two different theories of government. That's two versions of the same theory of government, same, the same principle applies to what I call the coalition of evil, the communists, the socialists, okay? The socialists just killed uh, little Alfie Evans. Last year, they killed little Charlie Gard. And in each, in, in each of those two cases, they would not allow the parents to take the children somewhere else. And it was not a money issue. It was not, okay? People think, oh, like, Sarah Palin said, oh, they're going to be death panels. And Sarah Palin was right, of course. But people act like the only reason they're going to be death panels, and these, these are goofball Republicans that they either don't know how to articulate the whole truth or they're afraid to, okay? So they act like, oh, well, there's going to be a shortage of money, so therefore the health care has to be rationed, okay? And first of all, they're not interested in health care. They're interested in health control, but they have to convince you that they care. And so the first mistake these idiot Republicans made was to call Obamacare, Obamacare. I and I alone told them, you need to call it Obama scam. It's a scam. They don't care. But when you say Obamacare, the Democrat voter thinks that Obama cares. And then the Republican opponent, they say, oh, Obama doesn't understand. And so I say Obama does understand. England understands. Stalin understood. Lenin understood. Mao understood. Castro understood. They understand that if you control life and death over people, you, they'll vote the way you want them to vote, and you will have power forever. So it's about people serving their own power interests, not serving their constituents. Because you're not a constituent. You're not a citizen. You're a serf. Anytime your child gets killed and foreign countries, they say to England, oh, we'll send an airplane and we'll take Alfie Evans and we'll try some experimental medicine in our country, see if we can extend this little boy's life. Same thing with Charlie Gard. And each time, so it's not money like these nitwit Republicans who don't know how to fight, okay? They say, oh, it's, it's, it's a money issue. It's the system, you know, it's a bad system. And they give these people credit for caring so much. These people don't care. 
you know, there might be a few at the bottom who are uh, the implementers that mistakenly think they care. But the people that put this together, they're the ones that have the power. The ones with the power do not care. They want to control you, okay? And we want to welcome Dave from Enon to the program. Dave, what's on your mind, brother? Good morning, Hatchet Man. Good and morning, Dave. What's going on? In regards to Mrs. Hatchet and the Hatchet Hound. <laughs> yeah. The- hey, uh, two, two items I want to bring up. I'll be brief. Uh, we're getting back into the uh, campaign season. I know you like to uh, interview candidates. Yes. And there's a question, actually two, I'd like you to ask them. Ask them for their definition of a statesman and a politician, and then explain which one of those two they consider themselves. Well, everyone's going to answer. That's like a, 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 a softball uh, question that everybody is going to say, oh, I'm, I'm a statesman and I'm right. not a politician, okay? Right. But it's like, okay, what can you show me where you've done this, okay? And so, you know, I like all three Senate candidates, all right? And, oh, yeah, I do too. Yeah, I, I think any of the three can win, but see, this is the thing, Dave. Will they do all that's necessary to win, okay? I think, uh, yeah, I think at least two of them will. I won't mention which two. Yeah, yeah, but see, this Boy Scout thing, I'm kind of tired of that. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not kind of tired of it. I'm showing up tired. I'm this country boy time. Yeah. I'm showing up tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the other uh, comment I wanted to make is, uh, you know, I commend the president for his uh, taking up negotiations with uh, Kim Fat One. Yeah. Korea, but there's two things I want him to negotiate. First one is... We want our ship back. They still got our USS Pueblo. Mm-hmm. We want it back. Now, we probably have to go in and tow it out. I'm, I'm, I doubt if it would uh, operate now. Yes. But uh, second issue, I want uh, reparations for the family of Otto Warmbier. And I think $10 million would be a fair settlement in that. Yeah, well, it would come from China because North Korea is broke. And see, this is what people miss about the whole North Korea thing is that just like America has a a mutual defense pact with Israel and other allies, and so the whole world knows that if you attack Israel, that's like an attack on the United States because we have their back, okay? And there have been, now there have been countries that we have said this to and then we did not have their back. And so we've broken our word a few times. And so we, you know, hopefully Trump will be the guy that will restore the word of America, because your word, you have to give your word to both friend and foe. You have to be like, have you ever heard of the hot stove theory, Dave? The hot, the hot stove theory of management states that a, a hot stove gives off a red glow, it sizzles, and when you get near it, it gives off heat. And those three things warn you, it says to you, do not touch me because I will burn you. Okay? And right. so you can't have. Um, a friend touched the hot stove and not get burned, and a foe touch it and, and he gets burned. No, the stove burns and the stove doesn't care. Just like God is not a respecter of persons, a hot stove is not a respecter of persons. And right. in the United States, we've let friends down and we've let enemies off the hook. Case in point, um, Gaddafi gave up his nuclear program and then Obama uh, uh, organized the man's execution. 
And so what message does that send to North Korea and others? That says, oh, if you, if you keep your nuclear weapons, then you have respect. If you give them up, then they will have you assassinated. Okay, same thing in the Ukraine. The Ukraine turned over their nukes to Bill Clinton in exchange for a promise of protection from Russia. Did we protect Ukraine from Russia? No. Okay? No. And so we have to, we have to keep our word. That's, at the end of the day, all you have is your word. Okay? And uh, the full faith and credit is not just in money, but it's in commitments that are made. People have to, you know, it's like when you um, make, an, make an oath to your wife on your marriage that I will uh, love and behold and I will forsake all others. That's a sacred oath, and you have to do that. You know, right? Well, I'd like to see the uh, issues brought up just to see what comes of them. Well, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, um, you know, I've had, I've interviewed them, and I've moderated debates and things like that, and so, you know, I'm sure I'll get more opportunity to do that. Yeah, and, great. Yeah. So I, I appreciate your listenership, Dave. God bless you, brother. All right, thank you. All right. Okay, 804-454-1366 is the number, 804-454-1366. I'm still waiting for that uh, Democrat to call up. I guess that's like waiting for the United Nations to send me that sternly worded letter. You know, for 10 years, (laughs) our radio opening, we waterboarded a terrorist, (laughs) okay? And I would crack this joke that, you know, I can't wait to get that sternly worded letter from the United Nations accusing me of terrorist abuse. I never did get the letter. I wanted to get that joker so I could frame it and hang it up on the wall. And uh, But now I have something almost as good. I'm a member of the Virginia Christian Alliance, and we have the honor of being uh, labeled a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. And so I need to talk to my friend uh, Don Blake, who's our chairman, and see if I can if if they sent us that in writing. I hope they did because if they did, I want a copy of it so I can frame it and hang it up on the wall. Okay, because these wicked, evil people, the worst thing in the world is for for them to like me. Or you know, it's like Brennan likes this this woman that's running for. Um, that's uh, appointed to CIA that McCain and all the Democrats are opposing. Well, if if Obama and Brennan like her, I don't, okay? Period. And we're going to welcome Oscar from Mechanicsville. Oscar, what's on your mind, brother? Well, I wanted to talk about the primary. Yes, sir. Which one? The Republican primary, the only one. Well, which race, I mean? Senate. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was United saying earlier, States. yeah, it's very unique in the United States that in Virginia, we, because you know, Oscar, I've been talking about intergenerational dynamics for years, and I'm smack dab in the middle as a Gen Xer. You have uh, E.W. Jackson is a baby boomer. Corey Stewart is my generation, Gen X. And uh, and Nick Freitas, if, now I'm not sure if Nick is actually fully in the millennial Range, but he's like on the right on the edge between millennial and um, Gen X. Well, I've got a name for our three candidates, but I want to make a, an observation. Okay, great. Uh, this this is a Republican statewide primary. Now that's a little different than a local primary um, for congressional uh, seat. Um, now, the question seems to be, where is the 
RNC and the Virginia Republican uh, Party in motivating the voters. They're now, absent. That, yeah. That, that, okay, so my observations are this, that it's obvious a Republican will win that primary. We've got three people running, the Avenger, the Assassin, and the Joker. <laughs> the uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, Oscar. <laughs> the Avenger, the Assassin, and the Joker. That's right. And so, and so, the Republicans <laughs> are going to be able to pick one of those three. Now, when we go, now, are you going to ascribe names to them? See, no, I have to be. I, I, I have I to be fair. Got, I think that's the game figure to figure out which one is which. <laughs> so uh, let's let's spread the, the the peanut butter to to a statewide campaign against um, Tiny Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Now okay. I think the Joker is is Tim Kaine. I don't. I don't think. I think the three well, candidates we have, you know, either of them could be the Avenger or the Assassin. I don't think we have a Joker in on, on our side. Okay. Well, I think they're all three very honorable. They're solid. My only concern, um, Oscar. This is my big concern. Is that. We will, um, you know, people tend to vote for people that kind of are, they think are the best reflection of themselves. And so exactly. I think we as a, we as a party, as a, as a, as a group of primarily Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, capitalists. So, you know, quite naturally we are positive and upbeat people. And I think we want that type of campaign that you used to be able to have um, where you had the happy warrior would just go and tout conservative principles, and half the time well, they would win, and half the time going, they would lose. But this is not the era we live in, Oscar. We live in an era. Well, that's, that's, you're headed right where I wanted to go with this. Okay, good. Well, um, let me let you run the with undecided, it. The undecided American citizen that knows deep down that the Commonwealth of Virginia has left its original mission. And the person that can articulate that message to the undecided may well pull off a statewide upset like Dave Bratt did yeah. in the 7th District years ago. But there's a lot of blowback from the bombastic methods that have been used in campaigns prior to now. There's a lot of people that are turned off. But now, how do these jokers that are turned off by men being men and and fighting like there's something at stake? You know, uh, no, that's that's not the problem. When you're voting for bills that you've never read, when you watch what's going on on the national front, it, it's it's just a circus. Well, I I get that, Oscar, but I'm speaking. Then let's let's narrow our focus to electoral politics. Now, and then, you know, once we elect someone, then we can lecture that person on how to comport himself properly in representing us. But the first goal is to win, okay? So, now, if you have people that um, find it unpalatable, you know, uh, you know, what do these people think soldiers have to do or police officers have to do or drug rehab counselors have to do, or any any place where unpleasantness has to be cleaned up. What do they think? You're going to send a Boy Scout in there and get that done? 
well brought in that we're at the point that people make choices. They're, they're either going to go both or they're going to stay home. And that's why I think that the surrogates for many of the Republican candidates are turning off the electorate, the people that are sitting around the kitchen table. I've been out talking to people. Right. People are dropping out of the political process like flies because mm-hmm. they have no confidence in the government. So in essence, uh, we have, um, right here in Virginia, I think will be a litmus test as to whether or not um, the nation will turn back to somewhat of a conservative bent. Now, yeah. Well, they um, man, the nation, having, first, having, first having, Oscar, the nation has to become more towards God. Because, oh, cons- yeah, because conservatism, what are we conserving? We're conserving the idea that our rights and freedoms come from God, not government. And, exactly. and the Democrats are taking us to the point where they want to deny God and say that our fellow human beings have the right to determine the limits of our freedom. And see, once you get to that point in America, then we become just like England where little Alfie Evans, it wasn't a money thing over there, Oscar. What happened was England told the parents of Alfie Evans and Charlie Gard, no, you cannot take your child out of this country to receive medical care, and I don't care who pays for it. So you're not free. You're a slave. That's right. And this That's is, right. So the Democrat Party was the party of slavery, and today they are the party of slavery. And I've not heard E.W. Jackson say that. I've not heard Corey Stewart say that. And I've not heard Nick Freitas say that. Now, I'm the only one that says it, and I've never had anyone call up this number and say, Hatchet Man, you're wrong. So what gives, well, Oscar? Well, I think that the... Even being close on this election will depend on the ability of the messenger to make a connection with the um, uh, undecided voters who really are turned off by the political process. Yeah. And now, let me ask you this, because we're, we're close to the end of the program. Let me ask you this. What will reverse that? Will Will boldness reverse that, or will policy minutia reverse it? I think that it uh, it becomes, one of, like you said earlier, it becomes when the messenger and the message make a connection with that American spirit on which this nation was founded. Yes. God first, country and family, second, together. Amen, and brother. Becoming a uh, Americans, I'm sick and tired of hearing that Trump did this and Trump did that. Uh, it's the American spirit and the American people that have made this nation, not not individual men who uh, are politicians. So uh, whatever the message and the messenger uh, speak to the hearts of those people that uh, are sick and tired of the way things have been going, uh, it won't be up to the the Virginia Republican Party or the National RNC, uh, they could send out their uh, fundraising information, but they're not changing hearts and minds. No, they're not. Liberty and freedom. Amen, brother. Yeah. So um, we we have an opportunity to do what the Seventh did, and that was the first of many, and uh, we need to find a way to uh, continue by 
capturing the Senate. If you watch our senators, by the way, that is so sickening to watch our United States senators grilling a woman who would be the first director of the CIA to start out with. But just uh, that that was just terrible. Well, that's Democrats for you. Now, if this same woman had been nominated by Hillary Clinton, she would get approved. And now, me personally, I don't like the lady because Brennan likes her. Okay, and she's uh, for my money uh, a thirty-year person. You're part of the swamp. Okay, and so you know that has nothing to do with her being a female. Now, if she was a male with the same credentials and any skin color, it doesn't matter. But if you've been there 30 years and you've uh, participated in uh, this, uh, you know, this deep state, then you're a part of the problem. And I think Trump needs to bring fresh blood in. I thought he should have fired everyone that he could possibly fire right when he first got there and, uh, and then started over, okay? He sold himself as a change agent, as an onion toter. So if you're going to talk the onion walk, you got to actually show up with a sack of onions and not a sack of blueberries, okay? So, well, uh, thank goodness he's got a few more years, and yes. uh, hopefully uh, with uh, uh, a different uh, United States senator from Virginia, a Republican. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a tough, uh, tough road to hoe, but if we can get someone to actually fight, then at least we stand a chance, okay? But if the guy wants to act like, you know, Tim Kaine is my friend across the aisle and I know he means well, he's just mistaken, if they play that game, it's, you know, I might not even vote, okay? Because I'm sick of it. <laughs> Right? You can't give up. <laughs> well, it's not giving up. It's just that that never wins, okay? Yes. It never wins. I mean, if you're going to fight, then fight, okay? Are you saying let's stop shooting blanks? Yeah, thank you. I like that. And now I'm going to use that next week. And now next week, Oscar, I'm going to say, now, as my friend Oscar says, <laughs> but then the following week, I'm going to say, as I always say. <laughs> okay. God bless and, you, brother. Um, and you and, and get, give your bride a, a big hug and wish her a happy Mother's Day. Tomorrow. I'll do that. And you likewise. And thank you so much for being a member of Hatchet Nation. I know you have shown up at some events and I appreciate that, Oscar, and God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. All Bye. right. Well, all right, folks. That has to be the last word. And, um, hey, it's been a fantastic program, folks. And uh, check us out tomorrow morning uh, on Sundays. We're not on from 10 to noon. We're on from 9 to 11. And it will be a replay of the program I did last week, okay? And so I would just like to say to you all, as we listen to a little bit of Lee Greenwood uh, singing about America, that uh, my prayer to this great nation is that God would bless you and keep you, that God would smile on you and bless you, that God would prosper you in all the things that you do. And in honor and celebration of the 70th anniversary of a 3,000-year-old nation called Israel, I would just like to proclaim that the God that smiles on Israel smiles on me. And if you believe in that God, that God smiles on you. We're going to see you next week, America. And the men hurt still today.